All right. Good morning, Faith Church. What's going on, everybody? Hey, welcome to the house. It's good to have you all here in our Florence location. Can we show some love and welcome everybody in Lawrenceburg? It's good to have our Faith family there. Our faith family in the shoals and everybody else watching online. It's so good to have you guys with us. Hey, let me ask you a question as we jump in. Where are all my caffeine people at? Who likes caffeine? Okay, y'all had some, I see. Okay. It's not enough to raise your hand. You got to make some noise. So let's just do it together. Where's all my caffeine people at? Woo! I, uh, I'm a caffeine person. I enjoy coffee. Probably drink more of it than I should. Um, how do you get their source from coffee? You like caffeine. It comes from coffee. What about energy drinks? Where's my energy drink people? So here's what's crazy is uh, I grew up probably as a kid drinking tea. Anybody here like a good cup of tea? You know, there's actually more caffeine in a cup of, uh, a cup of tea generally than coffee, depending on the tea bag. And uh, I love coffee, drink a lot of coffee. I don't drink any energy drinks at all. They're not good for you. Stop it. <laughs> but, but I like a good cup of tea. I grew up drinking it, like I said. And uh, if you gave me an option, if I had two cups in front of me, I probably would choose the tea. It just has a unique taste. You don't even have to put a lot of stuff with it. But I, I, love, uh, I love caffeine wherever I can get it, especially right here at our Faith Cafe. Can you give it up for everybody that works back there? Man, I'm telling you, they, they grind it out each and every week. And some of you guys know it because you stand in line and, uh, for hours. To, you, you will miss worshiping Jesus to worship your caffeine. And it's good stuff. I, I'm all about it. I'm going to let that sit there for a little bit. But my name is Steve Husky, lead pastor at Faith Church. I want to say welcome to everybody. It's so good to have all of you in the house, all of our Faith Church family, all of our guests. We say it this way every week. Come on, we believe that Jesus, he's the hope of the world. Whoever you are, whatever you're going through, your issue, your hurt, your heartache or your habit, we believe if you open up your life to Jesus, it'll be the greatest decision you've ever made. How many people know that's true? Come on, let's give God some praise for a minute. Come on, Faith Church. Let's just honor the Lord at all of our campuses. Come on. Well, listen, we are concluding a series we started about a month ago entitled Re. The conversation that we've been having is around these words that uses the prefix R-E or Re. And the prefix, what it means when you attach R-E to the beginning of a word, it means again and again. Everybody say that again and again. It means to come back to something, to continue to do something, to be called back to it. And so there are words that we find that Jesus uses. And it's used throughout the New Testament that talk about our spiritual journey. And it's these things that we need to continue to do again and again. It's these things that we keep getting called back to. And we talked about week one, this idea that we're called to repent that it's easy to forget who you are. It's easy to forget who God says you are and ultimately, more importantly, who God is. And so this idea to repent isn't to stop doing bad stuff. It's to have your mind changed about the way you see yourself and the way you see God. And when that happens, inevitably, life change will happen. Your behavior will change when your mindset changes. Repent. Week two, we talked about this call to remember that God has done some really incredible things in our life. God has shown up. God has saved us. God has rescued us. God has forgiven us. And you should never lose sight. You should never forget the goodness of the God we serve. Don't forget what he said. Don't forget what he's done. We're called to remember. And the more you remember God, the more it reestablishes us. Last week, we talked about renewing. This call that the first time you give your life to Jesus isn't the only renewing you should experience, but renewing in our spiritual journey, having our hearts and our lives, even our strength renewed is a promise that God gives us. And today, as we conclude this series, I want to talk about this word that Jesus uses in John 15, and it's this word, remain. Everybody say that word, remain. Come on, one more time. One, two, three, remain. And he says it here in John chapter 15, verse four. Here's exactly what he says. Here's the call. Remain in me. 
So Jesus looks at his disciples and he looks at people like you and I, and he makes his command, he makes his call for us to remain in him. What does that mean to remain? We're gonna dig into that today, but I want you just to at least understand the fact that Jesus issues that challenge. The fact that he lays down the gauntlet for us to remain in him means it's an option. It doesn't happen automatically. You choose to remain or not to remain. And there's something significant to the call. There's something that can happen in our lives if we choose to do what Jesus said, and that is, again, to remain, to remain in him. And so we're going to lean into a conversation in a second, but maybe let me ask this question. How many people here have ever lost one of your children in public? It's okay. There's no shame here. Come on. At all of our campuses, you ever lose one of your kids? Children's services, just for the next 30 seconds, close your eyes. One more time, if you lost a kid in public, wave at me. It's okay, we've all done it. You ain't raising hands. They were lost and you just didn't know it. <laughs> we have three kids that are grown now, so if they get lost now, it's on purpose. But I can just tell you, truthfully, we have lost track of, I think probably each of them at one time or another. <clears throat> but it's a funny thing when it happens, if it's never happened to you, you know, you get your kids, you're getting ready to go into a public place and you give them the talk. Like you lay down the rules. Okay, we're going in here. You need to stay by my side. Don't wander off. Stay right with me. And you give the kid the talk, but then you get in the public place and somehow, somehow you look and that kid is gone. And immediately when it happens, a couple of things happen. Number one, your voice goes up like three octaves. And your heart races immediately like 200. Where are you at? Oh my gosh, where are you? Because you don't want some freak taking your kid. And that we immediately jump to the worst assumption possible. And the funniest thing is, at least this happened to me. Maybe y'all are better parents than me. When you find your kid, you're so relieved they're not hurt, you beat them. <laughs> right? Don't ever wander away from me again. But here's what happens in the mind of this little kid. I remember it happened probably, again, multiple times to our kids. But Zach, we walked into a, a, a department store and he was probably four years old. And Sean and I were looking around and we tell him, we gave him the talk, stay by our side. Don't wander off. And I don't know how it happened, but just in a, in a flash, in a moment, we look and he's gone. And man, I just go bananas. I flip out and here he's hiding in a clothes rack. He'll remember that day for the rest of his life. But I think little kids, they get in these environments and they're in a new environment with stuff they've never seen. And what happens, right? They just start getting distracted by the stuff and they want to touch stuff and they see new people in new environments. And here's what I want you to hear. In, in the mind of this child is that distractions lead to disconnection. Is they don't mean to, they don't wander. I don't think any kid wants to wander away. Maybe your kid wants to wander away from you, but most, most kids want to stay connected but again, these distractions just catch their attention and they move further and further away until they're disconnected. And Jesus, this is what he's talking about when he says, remain in me. Come on, can we say that word one more time together? Remain. When Jesus calls you and I as people of faith to remain in him, this is exactly what he's talking about. He's saying, stay close to me. Don't wander away from me. Don't allow distractions to pull you away from your place by my side and your call to be in relationship with me. And I want to read a section of scripture that's found in John chapter 15, where we read the opening verse. But before we read what Jesus said, I want us to think of two words and hear these two words that Jesus uses multiple times in this section of scripture. And the two words that he uses is remain and fruit. 
The first word, remain, is, again, the title of our message today, remain. And when Jesus says remain, literally what he's saying to us as his followers is stay in place. Stay connected to me. Now, I know some of you aren't going to do this, and if you don't want to do it, you don't have to do it. You may less likely go to heaven, but that's okay. But if you're a team player, I want you to just reach over by somebody and just grab their wrist or their hand. Everybody, grab somebody. Grab them, grab them, grab them. Just for a second. It won't get weird, I promise. Unless it's a stranger, then it's already weird. We're past that. Come on, at all of our camp, grab someone. Right now, you're connected. Everybody say, I'm connected. Now let go. You're still close to him, but you're not connected. And when Jesus said, remain in me, he was saying, stay connected to me. Stay close to me and stay by my side. So Jesus uses two words, remain. Everybody say, remain. And the second word, number two is, Fruit, fruit. If you read the New Testament or you've been in church a while, the Bible uses this word a lot to talk about the impact that Jesus has on our life, the impact of what faith does to a person when they truly follow Jesus. And so he's not talking about uh, bananas and apples and pears. Oh my. When the Bible uses the word fruit, here's what he means. Fruit is the visible evidence in your life that God is working through your life. Let me say that again. Fruit is the visible evidence. You can see it in somebody's life. Fruit is the visible evidence that God is working through your life. It's the visible evidence in your life that God is working through your life. So two words, remain and fruit. And I want you to hear this now, what Jesus has to say. John chapter 15, verses one through five. He says this, he says, I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit and he prunes the branches that do bear. Come on, I want y'all to read this with me, come on. So that they will produce even more. Every voice. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I've given you. Remain in me and I will. For a branch cannot produce if it's severed from the vine and you can be unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit for apart from me, you can do nothing. Come on, everybody say one more time. Apart from me, you can do. Now, Jesus, again, he's having this conversation and hopefully you caught it. But this conversation actually goes all the way down to verse 15. And in this conversation, Jesus uses the word remain nine times. Nine times in 15 verses, and he uses the word fruit six times. Nine times remain, six times fruit. And the reason he's using these two words so many times is because he wants us to understand that there is a correlation between what you're connected to and the fruit of your life, what you remain in and the fruit of your life. If you're taking notes, I would say it this way, that our connections have consequences. There is an effect to what you're connected to in life. And what Jesus is saying is, if we remain in him, if we stay connected to him, there's going to be some fruit in our life. But Jesus isn't the only one that can produce fruit in your life. You can get connected to all kinds of different people and they can produce fruit in your life. Our connections have consequences. All of our relationships have ramifications. Mama said it this way, you are who you run with. Mama knew best till I found Jesus. Now, anybody here honest enough to say that you had a friend in your life that had a a big influence on who you are, good or bad, wave at me, had a big influence. Lawrence Burry Schultz, when uh, when I was coming up, 
As a young kid, uh, I, I had a lot of, uh, lot of friends and they weren't always the best choice of friends. And my parents would often warn me, hey, I, I don't want you around them. Don't hang around them. Don't be around them. And there was a kid who became a pretty good friend of mine. We were really close friends for several years. And uh, my parents knew I was hanging around them and would tell me no. And then I would say I wasn't hanging around, but I'd sneak and hang out with them anyways. And he lived right up the road from us. And he really made lots of bad decisions. Everybody knew his name and it wasn't always in a, in a good way. If there was a police cruiser at someone's house, it was at their house. It was often calls of domestic violence at their house. This kid was in trouble at school all the time. He was in juvenile detention hall several times growing up, but he became one of my best friends. And so my parents would tell me, hey, I don't want you hanging out with Dennis Dowdy. I was going to say Mitch Freeline. He was number two, but since he's a pastor at one of our campuses, I won't say him, Mitch. <laughs> so I started hanging out with Dennis Dowdy. We ran together. And I'm just telling you, he was a couple years older than me, which for sure had an impact on my life. But he had such an influence on my life. There are, connect, there are consequences to the connection you had. He wore a gray leather jacket, so I got me a gray leather jacket. He had his ear pierced, so I'll never forget the day sitting in his driveway with a rusty needle and an ice cube. He pierced my ear and Pastor Mitch's ear. Uh, I smoked at that time, but uh, he came back. He was in juvenile detention hall, and two things. Uh, he started, he quit calling cigarettes cigarettes. He called them squares, so that's what I called them, squares. You got a square? I know none of you have ever picked up anybody's language, just me. And uh, he came back and said, hey, what's up, man? He would say, man. Hey, man, what's up? What's up, man? So that's how I said it. What's up, man? I know nobody here, y'all have never, listen, I've lived here 10 years. I never said y'all in my life. Here I am 10 years. Hey, y'all. Why? Because our connections have consequences. You are who you run with. You start to appear to be like the person who bleeds on you. And what Jesus is saying is, come and remain in me and there will be fruit in your life. I will change who you are. I will change the person you're becoming. I'll move you in a whole new direction. But life change can only happen if you're connected to the vine. You're a branch. He's a vine. And if you'll stay connected, you will bear fruit but you got to remain. You have to remain. Now, it's funny, look at some of y'all like, I would never act like somebody else. Stop it. There's not an original fit in this room. Y'all wearing what you saw someone else wear. I'm still wearing Yeezys. Take it, take that. And so Jesus is, is dropping this on his disciples and he's trying to get us to understand that again, there is significance. There's a correlation between these two items, again, of, of who you're hanging out with, who you're spending time with. And there's something even greater at work in this principle of connections and consequences. And when I say consequences, I don't mean negative. I just mean any effect a person has on your life. And the two other things that are an important part of that is the time you invest in the relationship and number two, the amount of influence they have on the relationship, which means this, that if you don't invest a lot of your time in a relationship, you're less likely to be influenced by them. And if they don't have a lot of influence, which some people have more influence and some people have less, if you're with somebody and they just don't have a lot of influence, you are less likely you will still be impacted by them, but just less likely. But what would happen if you invested a significant amount of time in a relationship with a person who brought a lot of influence to the table? 
Oh, come on, somebody. The person I'm talking about is somebody who just walked in a 25 square mile path 2,000 years ago. His name is Jesus Christ of Nazareth, and he changed the world. There's nobody who has greater influence than him. And if we will just commit time to him, if we will remain in him, not wander away from him, not get distracted and walk away. If you remain in me, I'll remain in you and you will bear fruit. I will change your life. I want anybody in this room to know something. I came to tell you about Jesus, the one who can change lives and change hearts. There is not a situation he cannot impact. There's not a mind he can't change. There's not a heart he can't soften. There's not a marriage he can't restore. There's not an addiction he can't break. There's not a life he can't bring joy to. There's not a hope he can't, not a heart he can't inject hope to. Jesus is the world changer. He is the life changer. And he said, if you'll remain in me, I will change your life forever. But only if you remain in me. And so are you remaining? Are you remaining? I want to look, Jesus, he goes on and he really makes it clear what this fruit looks like. What is the fruit of remaining? This is how you know that you're remaining in Jesus. First of all, some of the fruit that you should see, number one is eternal life. He says eternal life. When I say eternal life, I don't mean you're going to live forever. I don't care who you are, what your background is. Everybody will live forever somewhere. God designed you to live forever. You will live forever somewhere. When I say eternal life and when Jesus uses the word eternal life, he's talking about life that begins the moment you accept Jesus as your savior. He's talking about the quality of life that you have, that in that second you become a child of God and you stay a child of God forever. You're his and he's yours. Come on, somebody. Because God's son showed up on a rescue mission to carry the sin of the world, including yours and including mine. He lived a perfect life. He died a sacrificial death. And when you put your hope and your faith in who he is and what he's done for you, you belong to him forever. Is anybody thankful for eternal life? Come on. And so when you get connected, Jesus said, I'm the vine and you're the branches. If you break a branch off a tree, it dies. And when you reconnect it, it comes to life. And that's the picture that Jesus is painting. But the second thing is this real life change. When you give your life to Christ and you begin to walk in Jesus, it should change who you are. It should change how you live, how you act, how you talk, how you interact. Here's what Paul said in Galatians chapter five. He says this, he says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. What is fruit? It's visible evidence, right? God working through your life. He said, here's the fruit that should be happening. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If I've read some of that and you've experienced some of that since you gave your life to Jesus, wave at me. Now, if people by you and in your life can see it because it should be visible, if they can see it, wave at me. Less hands, less hands. The fruit should be visible. Let me say this. How many people, I read something here and you're like, I need more of that fruit in my life. You know how you get it? You know how you're going to get it? Remain. Everybody say remain. Remain. You got to keep coming back to Jesus. You got to stop getting distracted and wandering away. Stop getting disconnected. Remain. He said, if you, if you remain, if you do your part, I'll do my part. If you remain in me, I'll remain in you and you will bear fruit. Let me read these one more time because I like these. Love. Love isn't how you feel. It's not warm fuzzies and numb buzzies about the girl you're attracted to, which is just hormones when you're in eighth grade. Fact. Fact. They don't, they don't love you. They lust you. I'm the only person about to be true today. 
Love is this sacrifice that you're willing to make for other people's benefit, even at the cost of your detriment. He said, when I get a hold of your heart, you'll be willing to make the hard play for other people, even when it doesn't benefit you. Oh, that's, that's, what, that's who Jesus is. That's what he emulated. He said, you can become like me. The more you hang out with me. What does it mean to remain in Jesus? It means that you take him everywhere you go. It means you don't just hang out and meet him here on Sunday. It means you take him to the workplace. You take him to the contract negotiation. You take him into the counseling sessions. That means no matter what you're going through, you take him into the marriage. It means you carry Jesus into the relationships. He shows up on campus with you. Come on, somebody. Jesus says, remain in me everywhere you go, 24-7-365. Remain in me. And I'll start bringing love in your life. Joy. Ha ha. I just love to turn the news on one day and just the newscaster said, we're coming at you live. Just be like, ha, 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 ha. Woo, that's all. I, I get down with some of that. I, I got enough bad news. Joy is greater than that. Happiness is dependent upon the circumstance around you. Joy comes on the inside regardless of what you're in. You got joy in you. Anybody here needs some joy in your life? Get connected to the one who can bring it. Love, joy, peace, patience. Some of you are less likely to go to prison if you get some patience. <laughs> kindness. Man, this world needs kindness. Goodness. What's goodness? Goodness is doing the right thing. Goodness. Good people that do the right thing. Faithfulness. Self-control. We live in a world full of people who've lost control. Jesus says, if you'll remain, if you'll get close to me, I'll do what nobody else can do for you. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Here's the crazy thing is, here's really what Jesus is saying. I don't know if you noticed it when, when I read it to you, but he said it because this is true. The longer you hang out with somebody, again, the more time you invest, the more likely you are to become like him. And here's what Jesus said. Notice he started the conversation. He said, if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear fruit. He said, you will bear fruit. And then he said this, he said, I'm going to prune some stuff. I'm going to cut some stuff out of your life. I'm going to get some stuff out of your way. But the longer you're with me, you're going to have more fruit. You're going to start with fruit and then you're going to have more fruit. And then he said, ultimately, the goal of God in your life is that you bear much fruit, fruit, more fruit and much fruit. The longer you're with him, the more you remain by him, the greater influence he has on your life. Fruit, more fruit, and much fruit. And how do you get it? Remain in me. Remain in me. Now, I don't know if anybody else has really experienced this. Have you really seen this kind of fruit in your life where you slowly start changing your mind and the way you think and your actions? I mean, your attitude. Listen, this should be showing up in all of our lives. It should be a part of who we are. Now, how do you know, how do you know you're really connected to the vine? Connection to Christ leads to transformation by Christ. If you really connected to Jesus, he will inevitably begin to change your life. How do you know you're really connected to Christ? It should lead to some fruit. Jesus started the conversation. He said this in verse, uh, verse one. Everybody read it with me. He said, I am the... Oh, come on. He said an important word here. He said, I am the... If there's a true grapevine, that means there has to be a false... If he'd have just said, I'm the vine, we would have still understood his implication that we're branches and we need to be connected to him. But the fact that he said, I'm the true grapevine implies 
implies, if I can just spit a word out that makes any, in, any sense in the English language, it implies, amplifies is kind of a cool word. Is that in the dictionary? I think I just made a word up. Let's all start using it on social media and the rest of the world will think they just missed out on a great word. <laughs> it's easy to sit there. I mean, y'all just show up and sit there. It's all you do. This is good coffee. A little grace would just be appreciated, just, just that much. <laughs> Jesus is making this implication. He's implying again that life change really should happen. And I can stand on this stage and tell you that I am a long way from much fruit, but I'm deep in more fruit. That I'm not the person I was when I first came to Jesus because when you come to the true vine, he will change your life. How do you know you're disconnected? How do you know you're a part of a false vine? A false vine is in the context of the conversation that Jesus is religion. And we got a lot of people that are connected to religion and not connected to Jesus. And religion won't change your life. Religion will not really impact you. It'll help you have some rules, but it won't really change you. You can fake it, but you can't make it. You can fake fruit, but you can't make fruit. You know the difference between faking it and making it? Faking it, people back in the day when I first got saved and went into ministry, I used to have to wear a suit every Sunday. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for delivering us from suits. Woo! But it was easy to fake it in church back then because if you just put on your Sunday best and use brother or sister five or 10 times while you were with them in a hallelujah and two praise the Lord's, well, that person must love Jesus. Come on, because you can fake fruit. But Jesus said, you can't make fruit for apart from me, you can do nothing. The only way you can truly experience life change is to be connected to the branch who is Jesus. Remain in me and I'll remain in you. How do you know you're connected to a false vine? No fruit or bad fruit. No fruit or bad fruit. You can be connected to a lot of things and not be connected to Christ. You can be connected to church. You can be connected to a serve team. You can be connected uh, you can be connected to a connect group and not experience a life change. While I think you should be connected to church, coming to church doesn't make you a Christian, but if you're a Christian, you'll come to church. Let me say that again. Let me say that again. Coming to church doesn't make you a Christian, but if you're a Christian, you'll come to church. And so Jesus is saying, I'm not saying get connected to church, though that should happen. You should serve, you should give. There should be significant people in your life. At the end of the day, the only person without me, you can do nothing. But with me, all things are possible. I can change any life at any time, at any moment, with any problem, in any situation, if you remain in me. But you got to stay connected to the true vine. False vines are everywhere. I think we live in a season, and this might, might upset you, and just, just hear my heart, please. We live in a season, I believe right now in this nation, that families have become false vines. I think families are incredibly important. I think, husband, you are commanded to love your wives and sacrifice for them the same way Christ loved the church and gave himself. Wives, you're called to come alongside of your husband, that your thoughts should be for him. You should love and support your husbands. Our kids are a gift from God. We should raise them and build memories and build laugh and life and faith in them. And it's a great joy. But at the end of the day, the hierarchy of authority in our life is God first spouse second, children third, career fourth, and down. 
And when you get that flip-flopped and upside down and family becomes first on the triangle of hierarchy, you just got connected to a false vine. And you're looking to get love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control from your husband, your wife, and your kids. And Jesus said, but apart from me, you can do nothing. We chase careers. If I, just, if I can just get that career, if those words are coming out of your mouth, you're getting connected to a false vine. If I can just get that woman, if I can just get that job, if I can just get in that school, if I can just get in that program, then what you're saying is then I'll have life and joy. And Jesus said, no, without me, you can do nothing. And so we got to make sure we're connected to the true vine. And again, when you get connected, how do you know you're connected? You're going to see, tr- you're going to see real fruit in your life. Fruit is always visible. It's never invisible. Let me say it again. That'll hit you at lunchtime. Fruit's always visible. It's never invisible. No such thing as invisible fruit. It's always apparent. It's always evident in your life. I remember when I first got saved, um, the day I gave my life to Jesus was the day when you get saved. It's again, when your heart aligns with who God is, that I'm a sinner, he's a savior. I'm, I'm wicked and I'm broken. He is whole. He is good. And when you come to Christ in humility, that's when you become a child of God. And that immediately changes you on the inside. The first fruit of a child of God is that you're his. And then there should be more fruit. And I'll never forget, this will age me a little bit. So some of you know when I got saved, I know this movie just came out recently. And so the album got hot again. Some of you listen to it because you don't love Jesus, but whatever. But when I first got saved, I wasn't saved. And I was still listening to NWA. DJ Ren. Easy, Ice Cube. I know, just act like you don't know who I'm talking about. <laughs> I don't know. And that's who I was listening to. And I loved every second of it. And I can remember, I could take you to the spot driving down the road after I got saved. And I was listening to the song, beep, the police. <laughs> and I remember thinking, this don't feel right. This doesn't honor the Lord. I remember rolling down my window, ejecting the tape, and I could take you to the spot where I threw that tape out my window. Every other word out of my mouth was filthy, nasty vulgarity. And I never realized it till I gave my life to Jesus. I could take you to the spot. I worked in a grocery store and I was in the, I was in the back in the stock room and, uh, and I had my foot up too far and I released a pallet from the pallet jack and it just clipped the end of my toe. And I remember I was like, feel foul, feel blam, boop, boop, boop. Y'all fill in the blanks. And I remember thinking, that doesn't honor the Lord. I shouldn't be talking like that. I started feeling conviction and not just conviction for the things I was doing and the way I was living and the behavior I was walking in. But the more I remained in Jesus, that stuff started to change. And I, listen, I, I cussed way less than I used to. I'm in the more fruit category. Stop, stop. Y'all judging me. Y'all need some fruit there. I'm only Christian cuss now, I promise. Dang it, shoot. Some of you, that's way too much. You can't even believe I said that on the platform. But I'm just telling you, there has been fruit in my life and my attitude has changed and my anger has gone down and he's broken habits and addictions in my life. Why? Because I've made a decision to remain in him. And he said, if you remain, if you keep coming back to me, don't get disconnected, don't get distracted. If you remain in me, I will remain in you and you will bear fruit. Not just some fruit, but more fruit and not just more fruit, but much fruit. I will radically change your life from the inside out. Come on, somebody. That's the God we serve and what he's able to do. Anybody here need some fruit in their life? Come on, wave at me. You know how you get it? Come on, you have to remain in him. 
Again, well, we're connected to so many things, but if you're not connected to the true vine, you can't experience true life change. I heard a, a true story. If you've ever called tech support before, anybody here call IT or tech support on the phone? That's a whole nother conversation. Sweet Lord. You will immediately know how saved you are based on how that call goes. I read this story. It said it was a true story. It was a man, a gentleman who worked in the IT business. He was a guy that you call on the other side who'd answer the phone and help you solve the problems. And you may not know this, but when you call them, generally they have a flow chart, questions they will ask, and based on your answer, they will move through the flow chart to help you solve your IT problem. So this guy told a story that this young lady called and said, hey, I recently moved my computer, and before I moved it, it worked fine, and I moved it to another part of the house, got it set up, and it's not working. Can you help me? And so the first question he asked is, is it plugged in? Is it plugged in? She said, yes. He said, what's it plugged into? And she said, it's plugged into a power strip. He said, great. Is the power strip plugged in? She said, yes, it is. It's plugged into an extension cord. Great. Is the extension cord plugged in? She said, let me check. Yes, it's plugged in. It's plugged into a second power strip. He said, okay, fantastic. Is the second power strip, is it plugged in? She said, yes, it is. It's plugged into the first power strip. <laughs> now, if you don't see the problem, he might be talking about you. Come on, everybody listen to me. We are plugged in to so much stuff. We are plugged into social media and we are plugged into streaming services and we're plugged into career paths and we're plugged into ball fields and we're plugged in and we're plugged in and we're plugged in our phones and we're plugged in in families and we're plugged in and plugged in in friendship. We're plugged in. You can plug into anything this world has to offer you and it will never change your life. But if you'll remain in me, I'll remain in you and you will bear much fruit. What are you remaining in? We got to remain in Jesus. And it's so easy. Again, we are like a little kid. Here's my, here's my conviction. When I first got saved, I went to churches that some of you went to where a pastor stood on a platform and said how awful everybody is. And your heart is deceitfully wicked. Never fool yourself into thinking you got a good heart. Your heart will lead you astray quick, fast. Jesus is the only one that keeps us right. But at the end of the day, I found out that there's a lot of good people there's not people that want to be rebellious. I found that there are some, but most people don't want to abandon God, don't want to leave their faith. They really want to serve God. They want to be good people. They want to be productive citizens. We're like the little kid. We don't want to wander away. We just get distracted. And life happens. And just situations happen. And some of you are sitting in this room, you're sitting in Lawrenceburg, you're sitting in the Shoals, and you don't know how you got where you are but you know you're not connected the way you need to be. You know you're not remaining in Jesus. And so the call today is re, remain. Keep coming back to your connection in Christ. Keep coming back to your connection in Christ. There is a beautiful verse found in the Old Testament. It says this, that he is as close as the call of his name which means you can wander 10,000 steps away from Jesus and you can get back to him in just one step. All you have to do is call on his name. Remain in me and I'll remain in you and you will bear much fruit. I think when Jesus taught this, I think he was thinking about 
a psalm, Psalm 1, is a very identical, very similar conversation where Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branch, remain in me. I want you to listen to what David said in the book of Psalms. Listen to this. Psalm verse 1, he's, he's, he's describing the person who has a blessed life. He says, a person who has a blessed life, you don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. You don't stand in the path of sinners. You don't sit in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And this person who's blessed, they meditate on God's word day and, day and night, day and night, night and day. What's that mean? You're connected. You're connected to God. You're connected to his word. He says, this is what it's like to be that person. Psalm 1 verse 3, I want every voice to read it. They're like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. This is beautiful. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all they do. He's saying, Jesus says in the New Testament, I'm the vine, you're the branch. In the Old Testament, this is so awesome. He says, you're like a tree. Can a tree move? Heck to the no. Locked in by his roots. He says, if you want to figure out how to live a blessed life in this broken world, be like a tree. You don't even have a choice to move. I'm locked in. I'm next to the source of life. I'm locked into the river of life. And I want you to notice what he says. He says, your leaves never wither. You'll prosper in all you do. You'll be fruitful in every season. I have found that the seasons of life that we live in are not always great. We don't always live in up seasons, prosperous seasons, rich seasons, wealthy seasons, healthy seasons. As people, we live in broken seasons and hurt seasons. Some of you sitting in one of our campuses, you can't have children. And that's the season you're in. Some of you have tried and lost children and you carry that brokenness on the inside. Divorce seasons, bankrupt seasons, grieving seasons from losing loved ones. And Jesus says the difference isn't a season you go through. He says, what'll make the difference is are you with me? Are you beside me? Have you not allowed the season you're in to cause you to wander away from me? Because if you'll stay by my side, you'll prosper in all you do. Prospering doesn't make everything magical, makes everything bearable. That God will never allow you to go through a season that you drowned in. Isaiah promises, though you pass through the fire, you'll not burn. When you go through the water, you'll not drown. Why? Because you're with me. Because you're with me. See, the hope that Jesus is making is you got to lock into something. You have to plug into something. And if you've not found it out yet, you can keep practicing plugging in and connecting to all kinds of things. They will never change you and satisfy you and fill you like Jesus. Remain in me and I'll remain in you. See, the conversation I think this really comes down to is we love to celebrate God's connection to us, don't we? Jesus said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. That's a great promise. I'll never abandon you, man, what a promise. God will never abandon me. See, the question I've come to talk about today isn't how close Jesus is to you, but how close are you to Jesus? That's a whole different question because Jesus is already committed to remaining in us. Are we committed to remain in him? When I came out here, 37 minutes ago, I stuck two tea bags in a glass of pure water, crystal clear, 
100% pure H2O. And I don't know if you see it, I didn't stir it. I know some of you are stirs and agitators drinking tea. All I did, the water didn't have to do any work. All it had to do was remain. Just let the tea bags remain. And now, 37 minutes later, I don't have a glass of water. I have a glass of tea. See, the water wasn't like, I gotta have fruit. What can I do to get fruit? All I gotta do is just hang out. I just gotta let the tea bag sit in me. It is inevitable if you put a tea bag in water, the water will become tea. It is inevitable if you allow Jesus to remain in you and you remain in him, you inevitably will become more like the one you're following. Our connections have consequences and the greatest connection we can have is Christ. How many people in this room need a little more fruit in their life? Wave at me. I wanna cast a call to all of our campuses. Come back. Remain in Jesus. Remain. One closing verse says this in Zechariah chapter one, verse three. He says, therefore say to the people, this is what the Lord of heaven's army says. Every voice as we close, return to me and I'll return to you. One more time, every voice, return to me and I'll return to you. Heavenly Father, I pray over every heart and every life, including mine, that some guy sometimes is easily distracted. Sometimes we inadvertently wander Sometimes we go through a hard season and we willingly disconnect. But I pray God over every person hearing this, that God, today we make a choice to remain, to come back to you again, God, to lock in as a branch to you, our vine, as a tree planted, as you are river of life. And Lord, I pray God, all of us as we're moving through our spiritual journey, that God, as we remain, as we commit more time, more time, more effort to being with you, living with you, making room for you in our lives, that we're gonna see more fruit until we see much fruit. If you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus, that's where it starts. That's how you become the tree. That's how you become the branch, is by saying, Jesus, I need a life source. It isn't me. If you're at any of our campuses, you've never said yes to Jesus, all you have to do is say, I need him. I need Jesus. It's a simple way of submitting your heart to him. And when you say yes to his grace, he will come into your life. He will forgive your sin. He will make you his child. And I'm gonna pray a simple prayer. If you're here and you wanna give your life to Jesus, all you gotta do is follow the prayer I say, or in your own words, just call out on his name and he'll forgive you. Say, Jesus, I turn to you today. I ask you to forgive me. Come into my life and save me. Help me from this day forward to remain in you. And I know you'll remain in me. Thank you for saving me today. In Jesus' name, and everybody who agreed said amen. Come on, can we thank the Lord over this house? Come on.